It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sportsbook app and the bomb fantasy app make sure you're checking out some of the awesome offers and deals they've got for march madness free contests you can be a part of but you got to have the DraftKings app on your phone i'm ross tucker former nfl offensive lineman five teams seven years bunch of media gigs now eagles and radio.com westwood one cbs but the bread and butter are these podcasts every day. I already did with Andrew Brandt this morning, the Ross Tucker football podcast, which was awesome. Talking about the DAC contract as well as franchise tag stuff. A lot to get to there. My normal co-host on the Fantasy Feast podcast, Joe Dolan, is off this week. He's got some family time on the schedule. So I thought, who better to bring on than the OG, the original Evan Silva, fresh from his bed in suburban Chicago, or maybe he's not in his bed anymore, <laughs> at Evan Silva from EstablishTheRun.com. What is up, brother? What's up, man? How are you doing? We got... um. You know, we, we had a nice little respite there between the Super Bowl and, and what's happening now. But, man, news is picking up in a hurry and agreed. You know, what 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 better uh, opportunity to, to capitalize on that than be able to talk about some of this news with you? Yeah, love it, man. I guess before we get into any of the football stuff, been a while, haven't talked to you. And obviously the listeners of this show know you well. Uh, if you're new, a uh, listener, Evan was the co-host of this show for, I don't know, four years, maybe five years, maybe five. more than that. Five years. Now he's killing it at his own website, establishedtherun.com. Couldn't be happier for him. Couldn't be prouder of him. But just give me a, uh, give me a, the, the latest. How's Established the Run going? How's the family? How are you? What's up? Yeah, the family's good. Um, the website is doing well. The, uh, the new business is doing well. Uh, we launched an NBA product this year. Um, you know, it was scary there for, for a little bit uh, entering the NFL season last year. You know, there were definitely some moments. There was a lot of widespread panic and, and fear and, and concern. And a lot of people thought that um, – I can't tell you how many tweets I got last year telling me, Hey, idiot, why are you tweeting about the NFL? You know, there's no way the season's going to happen. Well, the haters and the losers uh, lost, and uh, the winners won, and we were able to power through on the back of um, an NFL that was not going to, to relent. Um, and so that was that was good for us. Um, and uh, we, we had a, a great year, and, um, you know, now the, the NBA is kicking and uh, now the NFL free agency is starting to pick up. You know, people are coming out with their mock drafts. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be back in, into the, the flow of NFL news. You know, I haven't done that a lot. And that's sort of gloat about the people that were so 
adamant that there be no NFL season. I, I really haven't done that because, you know, they didn't know. And there was a lot of it. Hey, hey, they, they thought they knew. Yeah, that that's the problem, I think. Like, right, right. I, you know, and you don't want to, like, gloat about a pandemic in any way. No. But, and I'm okay with people having those opinions. The problem is they were so, it felt like smug and on some weird level, like gleeful about the fact that there was going to be no NFL season. Like it, it was a weird, there was a weird dynamic, Evan, where there was definitely some percentage of people that seemed to enjoy the fact that there might not be an NFL season because of the pandemic. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, I mean, look, I and you know, I, I came off, you know, kind of, you know, being, you know, kind of a jerk about it. But I mean, they were a jerk to me about it, you know, and or and I would not have if they hadn't been so definitive and telling me that I was an idiot for tweeting about football then i wouldn't have reacted like that you know and i mean they 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 truly thought that they knew better than 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 anyone else and so that's why there's you know a a little bit of animosity there's really not that much animosity i mean at the end of the day like you know football happened you know um i I thought it was interesting all the stuff that we learned like the fact that um on-field transmission which it seems like intuitive that um you know, if, you know, guys in the trenches would, would, would give it to each other, you know, but there was like no evidence even of on-field transmission. Um, so we, we learned a lot and I, I probably shouldn't come, shouldn't have come out of the gates being, being a jerk about it. But, um, you know, I, you know, I just, what, what happened to all those tweets? What, what happens to all those tweets? They, they just disappear. Well, you know? no, that, yeah, that, that the point is, I don't think you were a jerk about it. I think, you were kind of spiking the football on the people because the season happened and it went off well and they were wrong. And the thing I I would say about it is, and we'll move on here, but anybody that's so definitive, really about anything in life, but certainly about a pandemic with which nobody has any experience, the, those people are usually the people that know the least. Like the smartest people I know, you know, back in August, Evan, were like, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. We're just going to have to see how it goes. Like I'm hopeful, but you don't really know. And like the people that are so definitive, either way, like there will be a season and there won't be. Like those are the ones that feel like you really got to, you really got to watch. Um I, so I got to ask you this, by the way, mm-hmm. Brian, producer Brian is uh, currently eating Honey Nut Cheerios without any milk <laughs> and he prefers to eat his cereal without milk. Uh, is he a total weirdo, Evan, or is this understandable in your I, mind? I mean, look, I love Brian, you know. But like that's like what my daughter does, you know. That, that's what my daughter does. I I, I don't eat I, well, I don't eat cereal very much at all. I've been trying to stay away from milk, 
you know, and, and there, there's a lot of sugar in that kind of stuff. But when I do eat cereal, I absolutely put milk in it. <laughs> I mean, can I can I defend and, myself and here for a second, please? What's that? Can I defend myself for a second here? Go for it. If it is a meal, then you go with milk. This is just a snack. This is a mid-morning snack. It is 9.50 in the morning. It is between breakfast and lunch. So I'm just put a little cereal in the cup and just eat it as a snack. Look, you know, to, to each their own, you know, I, I, I respect you, Brian. And, um, you know, I, even though you eat like my daughter does, uh, you know, that that's okay. You're entitled. That, that, is, that is legitimately what my, what my little girls do, too. <laughs> like one of them doesn't like milk with her cereal. And then every once in a while as a snack. Let me ask you this, Brian. Did, did your wife pack it in a little Ziploc bag for you so you could have it later whenever you wanted? Well, the good the good news is since I'm only ten feet from the kitchen, she didn't have to. But but uh, no, it's it, it's in the little cup. Thank you. Thank okay, because usually though. we put them in the little Ziploc bags and say, "Okay, girls, you can have your Cheerios whenever you want." Anyway, um, I think when you were talking about the uh, haters and the losers lost, Evan, you might have been mentioning Bry too for his <laughs> his cereal take. Uh, so look, I don't know. Brian Neal is a winner. I want to make that clear. Nice. I like it, Evan. What are you drinking right now? Um, this recovery drink. Oh, it's called O2. I don't know. It's it's good. Recovering from what? Boxing, man. I really got into boxing this offseason. Seriously? Yeah, it's awesome. So it's a lot of fun. That is awesome. By the way, check out Evan on Twitter at Evan Silva. Can you tell that I haven't talked to him in a while and I, I like catching up with him? Um but he is one of the premier fantasy analysts in the world, and he's got the website to prove it and the track record. I, I guess here's what I would say, Evan. Let's get into the franchise tag stuff. The deadline was yesterday, okay? What does it mean? Uh, there's probably more guys that it's relevant for. But the five guys I wrote down were Godwin, Allen Robinson, Hunter Henry, Kenny Galladay, Aaron Jones. And so whether this is for Dynasty or Best Ball or Redraft or whatever, I'm guessing that this is a positive for Godwin because he's still with Brady in Tampa? Or could you spin it that he might have been better off being like a true number one somewhere else? Uh, with Godwin, I would say that we just we're going to enter the season with similar expectations to what he showed us this past year. Um, I, I would not say that it's necessarily a positive. I mean, everything's relative. And, and when, you know, Jameis Winston was the quarterback leading the NFL in passing yards and, you know, they were throwing the ball all, all, all around the yard. And, I mean, pick sixes are actually good things in fantasy football because it forces the, the offense to react by being more aggressive, um, throwing the football more, um, and I mean, it, it just gives the ball right back to the offense. So when Jameis was out here throwing a ton of pick sixes, that was actually a good thing for Godwin and Evans and, you know, the other guys in the passing game. Um, whereas with Tom Brady, like Tom Brady doesn't give the ball to the other team. You know, they can play more conservatively when they need to. They have a good defense. Now, they didn't have a good defense when, you know, Jameis was throwing the, throwing the ball all around the yard. And now they do have a good defense. And, um, 
you know, so they can play, they can afford to play a little bit more conservatively. And Chris Godwin went from being a top five fantasy receiver in 2019 to being more of like a top 25 receiver this past year. And so I think that that's, that should be the level of expectation that we enter the 2021 season. Uh, 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 That's how we should approach him. Okay. We do not know who the quarterback will be for the Chicago bears. Mm -hmm. So what kind of expectations do we have for Allen Robinson right now? Or is it a total moot point or what? He, I feel like, he could have maybe gone somewhere where we knew he, they had a good quarterback. Whereas in yeah. Chicago, they're unlikely to have a quote-unquote good quarterback. In yeah. And at the same time, you know, he's been getting it done without good quarterback play because they design – I mean, they, like, manufacture touches for him almost. I mean, he lines up in the slot quite a bit. Um, he catches everything. I mean, pro football focus has pointed out some crazy stats on how few drops – Allen Robinson has had over the years. He had 102 catches last year playing with Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. So he has sort of established himself as being like quarterback proof and almost environment proof. Um, And, you know, as he returns, like it's not like he has a a ton of target competition in Chicago. I do like the the young uh, rising sophomore uh, Darnell Mooney. Um, But other than that, I mean, you know, a little bit of Jimmy Graham in the red zone. Maybe Cole Komet will play, you know, will we'll probably play a little bit more in 2021. But Allen Robinson is going to remain the, the alpha in that offense. And I expect him to, you know, probably have a floor of around 90 catches, uh, assuming that he stays healthy. All right, now let's get to three guys that could have been tagged but weren't tagged. And since we talked to receivers – Let's get to Kenny Galladay, Evan. Mm -hmm. And I guess the question is, does it make sense to analyze Kenny Galladay right now? Well, we've always had this conversation, okay? Mm -hmm. What is the value of talking about a player like Galladay or looking at your rankings at Establish the Run now before we know what team they're going to and who his quarterback is? It just becomes a bet on talent situation. Um, and I think Kenny Galladay has, a, has an awful lot of talent. I mean, we can sit here and speculate, you know, all day long about where he might go. I kind of hope that it goes to the Rams. Now, the Rams have, like, the second fewest cap space in the league. And, you know, they've got some huge contracts on the books. And, I mean, they have been a team that's been w- very willing to, like, spend, uh, you know, uh, aggressively – on the top of their roster and Kenny Galladay would be a top of the roster player. Um, but I, I think he'd be a great fit there. But we, you know, we, again, we can speculate all day long about this. It's just, you're, you're betting on the talent and, and other people that you'll be drafting against, say you're in, in a, uh, you know, very early best ball right now. Um, they're they're going to have that same trepidation about drafting a guy. They don't know who he's going to be playing for, who his quarterback is going to be. So that's going to drop him down the board a little bit. And then it just becomes a bet on talent situation. I think that he is a good bet on talent. Don't love wide receivers that change teams in the offseason. Um, but he's he's a spa- splash play guy, a vertical receiver. And so even if, he, if he's inconsistent with his new quarterback and his new team, I think he's going to have big, he's going to make big plays and he's going to have big days. That's interesting, uh, your point about you don't typically love receivers that switch teams. 
there's usually a lot of hype for those guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm assuming you the data indicates, Evan, that a lot of times they disappoint. Yes, very much so. Um, but then, you know, we have what happened last year with Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins. Both of those guys smashed. So, um, again, I think at the end of the day, you know, betting on talent is probably the way to go in these sort of instances. Now let's get to a running back. I, I got to be honest with you. I talked about this, Evan, with Andrew Brandt mm-hmm. on the Ross Tucker football podcast today. I really don't under, – he didn't have a good explanation for it either. I don't understand why the Packers did not franchise tag Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all those other running backs in his draft class that got contracts like – Camara, Dalvin Cook. I mean, you're talking like $12, $13 million a year. And the franchise tag went down for running backs $2 million. It's $8 million and change. And there had been talk that they had been talking about a, you know, Camara is actually $15 million a year. Now, you know, I don't know how much that's backloaded. But the point is, is the floor – when you look at Henry and those guys, it's like 12, 13 million a year. Supposedly they had been talking about a long-term deal for Aaron Jones and the Packers were offering 9 million a year. Mm. Like, why would they not tag him? I mean, even if they thought they could still get a long-term deal done, why would they not just make sure that that's the worst case scenario? I'm, I'm very surprised by it. I mean, I, 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 I'm even more surprised, and I, I'm sure that we'll eventually talk about Hunter Henry, but I'm even more surprised the Chargers didn't tag Hunter Henry. You look at the, the cost, and, and even Galladay with the Lions, and I, I guess the Lions are, are, are tanking. I mean, I guess. Um, the, these tags are not that expensive, all, all things considered. I mean, the, the, the cost of the tags went down because the, the salary cap went down. Of course, that creates less space to, to be able to fit the tags, underneath the cap but still i mean 16.4 million for galladay i i mean i think he can flirt with 20 million a year on the open market um hunter henry i don't know i think he might be able to flirt with like 12 and and what's the tight end tag right, right around 10 uh and then what'd you say what do you say the, the running back tag was 11 no running back tags like eight and a half oh geez i mean yeah man I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be just they want they want their draft pick to get in there, and, and it's A.J. Dillon. And maybe they'll bring back Jamal Williams for a lot cheaper. Like, I mean, Jamal Williams might only get cost like three to three and a half million. And, um, you know, tag team him with A.J. Dillon and, you know, try to try to get their draft pick in there to, to watch him succeed, I guess. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about running backs that switch teams? What does the data show there? Fine. They're, they're fine. They're, they're good to go. Interesting. Okay. Um, I think, by the way, the Hunter Henry thing, he was tagged last year. Mm-hmm. So he's 120% of that again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so he's actually, you know, he's like in the Brandon Sheriff, Leonard Williams category where he would be higher. But still, did you see that picture, Evan, of Belichick whispering something to him in December after the Chargers yeah. played the Patriots? Yeah, yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, speaking of amazing. Well, I mean, I really like Hunter Henry. By the way, Leonard Williams, almost $20 million on the tag. 
Jeez, that's an awful lot. I know he had a good season. He had a good year, but man, that's that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. He he's good. He 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 had a really good year. He did. And I think it's like it's really funny cuz I've noticed this over the years. When a GM is the one that drafted a player or signed him as a free agent or in this case traded for them like Gettleman did from the Jets. And then the player ends up being good. Yeah. Those guys never want to let go of that guy. I know. So either they pay him early or they give him a big contract extension or they tag him because it's funny, like giving those guys a big contract, Evan, it just reinforces that the move they made initially to acquire them was a good move. It's like, it's why they love extending guys that they drafted. Mm-hmm. Or in this case, they trade for him. Dave Gittleman's not letting Leonard Williams go. He wants everyone to remember that when they call him an idiot for trading for Leonard Williams, that he got a player that's <laughs> been right. darn good the last couple of years. He's, Seriously. And he's got to be dying for Daniel Jones to 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 turn it around. But yeah, no, I I and it's also not just every you know, making everyone, you know, aware of the fact that he he hit on this, but it's like that's something that he can bring to ownership at the end of the year and be like, hey. You know, I went out and got this guy for, I don't know, what what did he get him for, like a third and a fifth or something for Leonard Williams. And, you know, this guy had 11 and a half sacks and, you know, 14 tackles for loss. And, you know, we went out and got this guy, and he's like one of the best young defensive linemen in the league. You know, and they, they can bring that to ownership because, you know, Dave Gettleman is, is very year to year right now. And so, yeah, no, I, I hear you. Speaking of year to year, I'm just telling some of you guys out there, you don't even realize yet you're year to year at this point with your hair. Uh, look, two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they are 35. I was one of them. I don't know if Evan is or not. I can't remember. He's wearing a hat right now. But well, the reality I'm is, a hat? why do you think I'm wearing a hat? Yeah, that's why he's wearing a hat. Well, you, what you need to do is do what I did a while ago and sign up for keeps. The beautiful, the beautiful thing about keeps is I had already talked to doctors and I was already taking a pill every morning and putting and rubbing uh, uh, the stuff on my head at night and in the morning because there's only two FDA approved medications. We know this now with like vaccines and stuff like you FDA approved means there's evidence that it works. Now I get them both from keeps. That's the bottom line. I get them both from keeps. Don't have to go to the store. Don't have to go to the doctor for a prescription. Don't have to go to the drugstore. They all just send them right to me. If you're ready to take action like I did years ago and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash feast to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash feast to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash feast. Um, All right. By the way, what's the deal with tight ends and uh, and switching teams? Same as receivers? Um, I, I think it's it's not as strong. It's not as safe as running backs, but not as volatile as receivers. I mean, these guys still do tend to run high percentage routes in the middle of the field, and you know um, they're they're, they're going to get their opportunities. And often, you know, when when a guy gets, I mean, when a guy gets paid, like. He's going to be on the field, you know, um, whereas wide receivers, you know, they, they're, they're running past patterns. 
know, well beyond the formation. And, you know, it takes some time for a quarterback to build a connection, on-field rapport with them. It's a little bit easier with the tight end, but, I mean, still no sure things. I mean, our most recent example would be Austin Hooper. I would say that his production, the Browns might have, you know, been okay with what they got out of him, but from a fantasy standpoint, you know, I mean, he, he took a big step down from what he was getting in Atlanta, um, where the, the connection was established with Matt Ryan. They were throwing the ball, you know, at, at one of the league's highest clips. Um, you know, that, that was not the, the case with Austin Hooper this past year in his first season with Cleveland. It is interesting because the, the Chargers don't really have, like, another tight end. I mean, they don't really have another guy. I mean, Parham was like a red zone guy for them a couple of times, but Virgil Green's a free agent too. It's kind of interesting. Uh, I think that they just think that the market's not going to really be that great for him because of, you know, the salary cap going down. You did say something that was interesting, though, and I wanted to have you talk about this because I don't know when we'll have you on again, right? How much does how much money these free agents get matter in your mind? In other words, like, you know, I'm looking at your rankings that establish the run. You got rankings for every free agent position. I love it. I look at it every year. Aaron Jones, one. Carson, two. Fournette, three. Kenyon Drake, Next, wow, Le'Veon Bell, really? Um, anyway, you got your rankings here. I, I just want you to talk about what money means. Because I know some people don't care about it, mm-hmm. but like the more money they get, the more opportunity they should probably get because the team's going to want to return their – like if they're getting them that much money, it's because they think they're going to use them a lot. Yeah, well, first of all, um, you mentioned Donald Parham. Uh, my, my buddy Adam Levitan would strongly disagree with you uh, he thinks that Donald Parham is like the, the next, you know, future star at tight end. Um, that's no, maybe part- he is. Maybe, yeah. maybe he's, I'm just saying yeah. he hasn't done that much yet. No, right, right, right. That That's partly, though, because we played a lot of XFL DFS and Donald Parham was like the goat in XFL, you know. So, um, you know, if you were. By, by the way, Donald Parham yeah. played at Stetson University for Roger Hughes who was my head coach my senior year at Princeton. Wow, amazing. So I've got a connection with, with Donald, Donald, who's like 6'8". He I, is tall, man. Holy crap. Have you ever seen his arm length? I mean, he's basically Jonathan Ogden uh, minus about 100 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I will say this, Evan. The Chargers not tagging Hunter Henry on some level – they must like Parham. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times teams will do it just to be that security blanket. They don't feel like they need that. So whether they could draft like a Friar Muth in the second round or they just like Parham that much, they, they must like him a decent amount. Yeah. I mean, I you know, with Hunter Henry, though, I, I feel like why are, they, why are they letting him go? He's like a homegrown talent. Telesco's smart. He can block. He's not coming off his best season. Um, at least from a, a receiving metric standpoint, but um, I don't know, he's a good player. He's he's young. You know, I I don't know why they would let him go. Maybe maybe they maybe they're sort of may, maybe they will make a, a long term extension offer to him. But but in regards to to money, yeah, I mean, look at the end of the day, what we are are, are trying to acquire on our fantasy teams is as much opportunity 
as possible. And opportunity is the number one indicator of, um, uh, of, of fantasy success at, uh, at, at running back in terms of touches. Uh, opportunity is the number one indicator of success uh, at wide receiver and tight end in terms of targets. And, you know, I mean, we pass attempts, uh, can, it, it can be a little bit overrated, but the, the way that, you know, if you don't have like a dual threat quarterback who is contributing both as a runner and as a passer, uh, you, you're going to pretty much need your quarterback to be throwing the ball like 40, 45 times a game. So opportunity is the name of the game in fantasy football. And yes, I believe that money is at least partly an indicator of opportunity that is forthcoming. And, you know, the, the dudes still need to go to training camp and, and, and show well, you know, on the practice field and not, you know, and, you know, you know, be, be smart, you know, after they get a massive signing bonus and, and all that um, to, to secure that opportunity. But yes, I think that money is an indicator uh, of a, a team's uh, level of investment and commitment to a player. And they want that player to succeed because they just spent a bunch of money on him. How much does fit matter? So when these guys start getting signed a week from the day yeah. and they start coming off the board, I mean, obviously, you would think it matters quite a bit. Is it possible to overstate that or is fit gigantic? Well, I think that um, our assessment, our assessment from the outside of fit can be, you know, it, 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 can, it can be hit or miss. So um, that, although that is something that I like to consider and think about and talk about on podcasts and write about, um, you know, my, my notion of whether a guy is going to be a great fit or ah, it seems like you know, a sensible fit. Oh, he's a bad fit. Like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know that that means a whole lot, you know. Um, so it, it's something worth considering. But, yeah, I, I would agree that maybe it, it, it's overrated because that – because that it's almost like we would, if we're talking so much about fit and letting that consume the way that we view a player entering a new team. I mean, clearly that team sees him as a fit because right. they just went out to go get him, right? And, and theoretically, they should know better than us. That's the point I was going to make because there's always every year there's some fits that we think are great that end up it doesn't go well. There's some fits that we think are awkward and the guy ends up doing really well and obviously the team wouldn't sign the guy in the first place unless they were a fit uh let me ask you about two quarterbacks that we know for sure are back what their fantasy relevance is and what it means for the skill guys on their teams uh let's start with Dak in Dallas he's coming off not one and we talked about this last Monday on the Ross Tucker football podcast with Dr. Chow not one but two surgeries yeah. on the ankle. Now, obviously, the Cowboys aren't that worried about it. They just gave him a ton of money. But where are you with Dak as a fantasy quarterback coming off two surgeries, including that obviously horrific injury? Because the run, running was part of his game. Absolutely. He's averaged almost 20 rushing yards Per start over the past three years, he's got 12 rushing touchdowns over the past three years, and that's even, you know, with missing most of last year. Um, yeah, I listened to that show 
You know, I mean, I think that it's still likely, and I think that Dr. Chow would agree, it's still likely that Dak Prescott is going to be fine. Um, but it does add a little bit of a red flag. Like if I'm stacking up quarterbacks, you know, to rank them, you know, I, I might lean toward, you know, let's say Josh Allen over Dak Prescott um, because he's got that, you know, little concern about uh, that little extra concern about his health. Um but I, I, ex- I expect the Cowboys to roll offensively. I mean, we saw what they did coming out the gates last year. Um, Dak Prescott was putting up monster numbers. CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup all back. They're going to be getting back, you know, their their offensive line, um, that which they pretty much lost the entire offensive line. Last year, this will be you – know, they have a, a lot of continuity. Um, for better or worse, they're bringing back Mike McCarthy. This will be what Kellen Moore's third year as the as the OC um so I, I'm very optimistic about about the Cowboys offense bouncing back and I think that some people might um might let uh recency bias affect them as to how they perceive this offense a little bit and maybe we can get some of these guys at a little bit of a discount I Zeke Elliott though is the uh is going to be the big question mark I don't know I, I don't know um you know, is his career, you know, going kind of circling the, the, the drain at this point? Are they going to give Tony Pollard more work? I mean, to, Tony Pollard can play. So he'll he'll be the big question mark. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident in the Cowboys passing game rebounding big time. Well, there is no debate that Tony Pollard has more juice than Zeke Elliott at this stage of their career. Now, Zeke's good pass catcher, good blocker, you know, good run between the tackles, but – Man, just watch the games. I mean, there's yeah. just – Pollard's got more juice than Zeke does. The last one I wanted to ask you about, Evan, Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. Full year now removed from the elbow surgery. It appears to be his last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'd like to think he'll be in great shape. You'd like to think that he'll actually be able to throw all offseason as opposed to just showing up at training camp and barely doing anything. Is he relevant from a fantasy perspective, number one? And then number two, what does it mean for the other skill guys in Pittsburgh? Yeah, um, I mean, he's not going to be ranked high anywhere, um, and, and including by me. You know, I, he got worse uh, the more he played. I remember I was actually listening to you on uh, Westwood One. I think you were the, the color guy on, on a certain – was it against the Bills, I, I think? Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, you were, and I was, I was, I was uh, in my car. I think I was driving uh, to St. Louis or, or, or back to Chicago or something like that. St. Louis, where my family lives, and um, and you were just, you know, you were kind of harping on it that, hey, Ben looks like, you know, like the 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 ball is not coming out of his hand right. He can't, you know, he wasn't throwing with velocity. You know, he's never been the most mobile guy. He's been, you know, functionally mobile in the pocket. But certainly not a guy who adds any, adds much in terms of like positive rushing yards, um, and he got worse as the season progressed, and that's a little bit scary. I, I think uh, the offensive line is not remotely what it used to be. Um, I don't know if Ali Villanueva is going to be back. Um, I the offense is 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 pretty is worrisome. I mean, they were and they were so one dimensional last year. Like in, like they didn't even have. By the end of the season, they didn't have dimensions in their passing game. Everything was short. Deontay Johnson 
just catching little, you know, little little, uh, little dump routes in the middle of the field. And, um, you know, Chase Claypool wasn't involved enough down the stretch. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not too optimistic about Ben, honestly. And But I, 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 I would like to be optimistic because I love Chase Claypool's talent. I think that Deontay Johnson, when he's not, you know, dropping balls like, like he did in some of those games down the stretch, um, I think he can be really good too. Um, and I think that James Washington can be a fine role player, and I don't think Juju's going to be back. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'd be very concerned about Ben. Well, I'm not concerned about Evan Silva. He is a total stud. Check him out on Twitter, at Evan Silva. Certainly check out his website, EstablishTheRun.com. It is fantastic. Definitely check out some of the ridiculous uh, promotions and deals they've got. DraftKings Sportsbook and on the DraftKings app all around March Madness, the NCAA tournament, because those are awesome as well. Just make sure you use the code ROSS. When you do so, Evan, good to see you, man. Good to talk with you. This was fantastic. Yeah, man. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we did it. Uh, I'm. You're familiar with this. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.